From WUSC-FM and HG1 Columbia, I'm Flynn Snyder. And I'm Trey Martin. This is Hot Topics from WUSC News. This show is all about the most up-to-date arts, music, and entertainment news in Columbia and beyond. Get ready for some football. Today we're discussing a unique new season of college sports, as well as a giant addition to williams Bryce Stadium. We'll then take it across the street where the South Carolina State Fair is preparing to offer a drive through experience in the wake of COVID-19. We'll tell you how to be a part in this year's festivities and even show you how some local young artists can get in on the action. And we're recapping the winners, losers, and notable events from last weekend's Emmy Awards. That's all coming up on Hot Topics. First, the news. Live from WSC News, I'm Tyler Fedor. Today, the Public Education Advocacy Group, SC for Ed, has called on teachers to take a personal day off and quote-unquote walk out to reach out to state legislators to ask for more support for teachers in South Carolina. According to SC for Ed founder Lisa Ellis, changes in education due to the coronavirus have resulted in teachers working longer hours with the same pay. While a 1-2% to 2 raise for teachers is guaranteed by state law, the delay of the passing of a new state budget puts this raise on hold. The state Senate did pass a state budget last week. However, the proposal won't make it to the House floor for approval before the two-week special session ends this week. As according to reporting from AP, SC House members wish to wait until January to see how the economy responds to coronavirus. Ellis also said that on top of the freezing of teachers' salaries, 27% of teachers surveyed by SC for Ed say they would be leaving teaching behind this year. This amounts to a little more than 1,000 teachers out of the 4,000 surveyed. The SC Department of Education also said that a failure to give teachers a raid could result in a growing teacher shortage. The passing of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg last Friday left an open seat on the Supreme Court and a new point of contention for Democrats and Republicans over a life-serving position. WSC's Abigail Brandon reports. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died last Friday, September 18th, after an 11-year battle with pancreatic cancer. With just 46 days between her death and the 2020 presidential election, Senate Republicans are in a rush to fill the empty Supreme Court seat, while Democrats are less eager. In February of President Obama's final year in office, after the death of Justice Antonin Scalia, Senate Republicans refused to fill the Supreme Court seat with the reasoning that justices shouldn't be appointed during an election year. Now, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who also served as Majority Leader in 2016, has been adamant about filling the open seat. He claims that circumstances are different this time, as the White House and the Senate are controlled by the same party. Now, some Democrats have floated the idea of altering the size of the Supreme Court. This has been done in the past, but not since 1869. The reasoning behind the suggestion is that the last two justice appointments were extremely partisan events. With WUSC News, I'm Abigail Brandon. One of the officers involved in Breonna Taylor's death has been indicted. This comes six months after the initial incident and following months of protest. WSC's Ward Jollis reports. One of the three officers involved in the killing of Breonna Taylor back in March has been indicted. This coming after months of backlash and protest across the country, calling for the arrest of the officers involved. Brett Hankison is the charged officer and was fired back in June. The other two involved in the fatal shooting have not been charged. Just before the grand jury's decision today, Louisville Mayor Greg Fisher announced a curfew for Jefferson County between the hours of 9 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. in anticipation of protests over the next few days. 
Fort Jalis, WUSC News, Columbia. One of the three... The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 525 points today. The Nasdaq fell 335 points, and the S&P 500 fell 78 points. It's currently 73 degrees outside with a low of 60 tonight. The high for tomorrow is 80 degrees with a low of 67. I'm Tyler Fedor, and you're listening to WSC News. It's 6.06. Spurs up, masks up, Gamecocks. I'm University of South Carolina student body president Izzy Rushton. And I'm President Bob Caslin. Let's prevent the spread of COVID-19. Keep your distance, no matter the location. Get tested. Wash your hands. Wear face coverings. In class and on campus, in restaurants, and in every social setting around Columbia. And take the I Pledge Columbia promise. We are Gamecocks, so spurs up, masks up, Gamecocks. We'll We'll get get through through this this together. And welcome back to another episode of Hot Topics right here on WSEFM HD1 Columbia. I'm Flint Snyder, joined by... Trey Martin. And Trey, we've made it to another week. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I uh, am enjoying this nice, cool fall weather that we're having. And as I was walking into the studio, I I heard in the background the mighty sound of the Southeast, the Carolina (laughs) band, practicing for this Saturday, which we know is opening day for the South Carolina football season. Gamecocks taking on Tennessee at Williams-Brice Stadium, 7.30 Saturday night. Uh, but Flynn, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the, the marching band and how this is a special season for them. Yeah, and by the way, I've missed hearing them, the echo of the practice right right behind Russell House here on campus. It's been, I, wa- I was walking in earlier and it just was really like nice to hear that again. But yeah, this is a special season for, as you said, Trey, the uh, mighty sound of the Southeast as USC's marching band is celebrating its 100th anniversary this Friday, September 25th. Um, and in 1920, which is when the band began, um, it began with 20 members um, and has since grown to include the dance team um, and the color guard. Um, so a virtual tribute, of course, with coronavirus. The tribute will be virtual this year. Um, it will take place Friday at 530 on U of SC's Facebook page. So definitely another added uh, interesting touch to this year's football season as if there already weren't enough. And I hate that, of course, this anniversary comes in the season that we're having to deal with COVID-19 right. because, I mean, I, I remember living on campus my freshman year, even when I wasn't living on campus. You heard those guys practicing every day in the fall, in the heat, yeah. in the sun. So, you know, they, they put in a lot of work for what they do. Um, and so I hate that they're not going to you know, be able to have the fans be able to watch them in person. Uh, but I, I think it's still, you know, cool that they're getting this opportunity to celebrate themselves. Yeah, and it's cool because college football is synonymous with bands. You can't have it without them, for sure. So definitely glad they're back this year. Yes, yeah, so uh, this Saturday there's going to be a completely different look to Williams-Brice Stadium. We're used to people trying to pack in there. Uh, but there's going to be approximately 20,000 guests this Saturday. Of course, this is due to COVID-19 compliance protocols. Um, So they're going to delay opening the parking lot. So I think they're going to prevent people from coming until a little bit later in the afternoon. So that way they don't have a a lot of time to roam around and hoping people will just park and walk right in. I think the language I saw was that they're going to be discouraging people from tailgating this weekend. I'm going to, we'll see how they're going to be able to It's going to be interesting to see how people uh, really tailgate. Yes. So um, they're going to open these parking lots two uh, two and a half hours before kickoff, which, you know, most of the time for a 730 game, 
they're open like all day. So yeah. you'll have people getting there at like 9 a.m. Right. And, and spending the entire day and, you know, sometimes spending the night. Yeah. Even. So uh, it's going to be a lot different. People are going to be able to come in around 5 o'clock. Um, and, and so then the lots are going to also close 90 minutes after the game. Mm. So they're going to say, you got to get in, you got to get out. Um, and so they've got about 15,000 season ticket holders that they allotted to. Of course, you know, they're paying the money, a lot of money for the ticket. So they said, we got to give them the most. Right. Um, and I think the, the rest the extra 5,000 will be composed of, uh, students, families and, and stuff like that. But, uh, I, I don't know if you've driven past Williams Bryce Stadium. It looks kind of freaky. Like with the, they've got like rows set up in like vertical columns, you know, that are socially distanced. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna look very bizarre. It's gonna be interesting, and you know, we're obviously students of the university, and I think we're even kind of like, okay, let's just wait this game out, see how it goes, and then we'll we'll go on from there. But I mean, what does the ticketing process look like for students who are interested to go this year? Yeah. So. Of course, they're having to limit, you know, how many students can get tickets, and it's obviously very competitive. So um, they're only allowing students to get one ticket this season. So mm. you you get to pick one game, and that's it. And and those um, seats are limited. So that means that the priority point system that they have is going to be even more crucial. Right. Um. So expect a lot of those seats to probably go to upperclassmen um so um that that's going to be interesting too and and i'll have to talk with some people and see you know how how are they going to strategize you know trying to get that ticket right are are you going to try every week and then hope you just get one yeah and it's funny because i think that the uh like the u of sc ticket social media accounts actually came out earlier this week and was like because I think they heard that people were going to really try to strategize and like try to like get tickets to the, like the most sought after games and they came out and said, you know, the the more you request tickets even though you don't get one, you might not get one for that game, that still increases your chances of getting one for the one that you do want. So they said it's important to still request even though there's less of a chance that you might get it. So definitely still worth putting the effort into getting it for sure. That's interesting. But there is a new addition That's that right. is not inside williams bryce stadium it's outside williams bryce stadium and it's been making a lot of noise the past couple weeks flynn tell us a little bit more that's about right that. and it's really hard to miss too driving by it's uh we're talking about of course the new gamecock statue that is uh, in springbrook's uh, plaza right outside of willie b um there and it's a one million dollar sculpture privately funded um and it was recently installed i believe just a couple weeks ago um right outside of willie b there uh, let me see if I can pull up some stats here. It, it stands approximately 20 feet tall, 20 feet wide, um, and uh, it is ready to go for kickoff on the uh, 26th. The Saturday, the body of the uh, Gamecock is uh, in between 10,000 and 11,000 pounds, um, and the tail section of the Gamecock, and I like how this this one quote says, it's no more than 6,000 pounds, as if, you know, 6,000 pounds wasn't already enough, but, you know, um, and the head is uh, close to 3,000 pounds. So, you know, you can never go too big when it comes to the Gamecock around here and they literally took that to heart when they planned this whole sculpture and it looks really cool too like it's gold it it, you know it's really nicely done and I like I'm kind of just sad that I'm not going to be around Willie B as much to see it because that's definitely a really cool new addition you know that they're bringing to the stadium this year and I heard that the reason why they made it so big they wanted to have this sculpture um, but they want they didn't want it to be dwarfed by the size of the stadium that's right I heard you know so you've got like the statue 
of George Rogers, the uh, you know former Carolina football player who won the Heisman Trophy. That that's life sized, but it's a li- it seems a little small because you've got just the huge, magnificent yeah. stadium behind it. So now uh, you're gonna have this um, enormous Gamecock, and, and when you drive by it, I, I imagine standing right in front of it is probably going to make it feel even bigger. But just driving by it, I'm like. Wow, yeah. that is huge. How yeah. did they move? Like, how did they do that? Well, it's interesting. They uh, assembled a lot of the parts, like, individually. And then I believe they wielded them together, like, on, like, on site at Willie B. And, you know, this statue is more well-traveled than I am. Like, it drove on a flatbed all the way from San Diego to Columbia, South Carolina. Um, and they, you know, put the final assembly, you know, with all the wielding and everything like that. Um, you know, the torso, the tail, the head pieces. They put that all together um, at Willie B. And, it, it, like, I think the final weight count of it was, like, 10 tons. Like, it, that 10 tons, that is massive, massive. So I definitely am looking forward to seeing that sometime soon. And I know if I have, like, a couple million dollars ever laying around, I can buy, like, a massive... Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's that, the, I think that's the first thing I would do if I got a million dollars if I won the lottery with to buy like put it in your front yard yeah put a 10 ton Gamecock <laughs> like, statue take that neighbors yeah exactly you're not a real USC fan if you don't put a 10 ton Gamecock statue in your front yard every week <laughs> uh, but uh, we're going to kick things across the street from Williams right. Price uh, really quickly and talk about uh, an introduction to the State Fair I'm sure this won't be the last time that we talk about the State Fair on this show um, but they announced uh, in late July that they were going uh, virtual and drive-through. So it's going to be the first ever free drive-through South Carolina State Fair. Um, and it's going to be just two days, normally about a, a, a week and a half event. Uh, but it's going to be on Tuesday, October 20th, and Wednesday, October 21st. Mm. So, um, of course, they're doing this uh, in compliance with COVID-19 protocols. Um, and so they're just going to let people drive through. Um, there's going to be art exhibits that you can see through your car. Um, they, you're going to be able to get like drive through fair food. Good. I was going to say drive through is fine. As long as I get some funnel cake, that's all I'm looking for. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if they're going to like put any rides, like maybe like some ramps or stuff yeah. like for your cars. You, you know how they do like the, uh, the Jeep test drives and they have like little like ramps and mud pits set up. Like you could do that. I would love that. Like, I would go. I, 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 I would take my optional. little Honda Accord through that, you know, yeah, make it optional. <laughs> like if you really want to do this like we have it yeah you know i feel like that that'd be a good idea yeah I hope that was at least considered i yeah. don't know if that's actually going to be a thing you know it's going to be interesting to see how they pull it off and the fair is a huge draw not only to just the fair but the columbia area people come from all over the state to go to this fair so it's going to be really interesting to see you know what the attendance is like if people are still going to support it um and i hope they do because it's a really good event that showcases off a lot of interesting aspects of south carolina so um i yeah i'm interested to see how they're going to pull it off and it's just two nights uh, yeah. or two days, so uh, I imagine traffic's going to be very bad around yeah. that area on Absolutely. Tuesday, October 20th and Wednesday, October 21st. Uh, so I will be avoiding that area. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, there was an article featured in Cola Daily um, where uh, the South Carolina State Fair is inviting students to submit large artwork. That's right. You know, and, and we earlier um, in the season we had uh, Aisha Charles come on, and, and she talked about, like, her doing murals and stuff and I think it's cool that COVID-19 is is giving a lot of opportunity for these large installations to be like put in and like 
you know, worked on. Yeah. What's cool, too, is that um, this uh, contest that the State Fair is having for students to submit their artwork to be, you know, put on display as people drive through is that it's eligible for K through 12 students. So, you know, if you are a young aspiring artist that's like looking to get your work out there, this is a perfect opportunity because, you know, it's you know, this is still going to be a large event, obviously not as big as it has been in the past, but it's still going to get a lot of eyes on it. And just to have a large scale, you know, blow up of one of your pieces, that's that's a pretty really, really cool uh, event. Yep. And unfortunately, I was never talented enough to have my artwork no. featured <laughs> in the South Carolina State Fair. Yeah, but they don't want my stick figures in there anytime was, soon. It was so cool to like you'd show up and you'd see um, you know one of your friends, somebody you knew like that was their artwork from school that was yeah. just hanging up and, and thousands of people were getting to see it. Um, so if you are a student, you know, whether you're in kindergarten or whether you're a senior in college and you want to make some large artwork, the uh, South Carolina State Fair is looking for it. Yeah. And, and go on to find out where you can submit that uh, that artwork because definitely it is something to look forward to at the fair as well and the funnel cakes as always for sure <laughs> but uh coming up for us on hot topics we are going to be talking with our new entertainment reporter chelsea Bynes. she's going to have a recap of this week's uh emmys uh, quite a night at the emmys with social distancing and covid going on and obviously, people have been sitting at home watching a lot of TV recently, so we are going to be talking with her about some of the winners, losers, and big events of the night. But first, you're listening to Hot Topics from WSC News. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Mayor Steve Benjamin. Did you know that one in six children in our country is obese? Being overweight puts kids at risk for high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, and many other diseases. Let's encourage kids in Columbia to engage in healthy, balanced, and active lifestyles. Reduce their times in front of that TV or computer and get physically active. And we can set an example by being active with them. For more information on preventing childhood obesity, visit usmayors.org forward slash childhood obesity. Brought to you by the U.S. Conference of Mayors and the American Beverage Association. Back now, 6.23 on a Wednesday. We are going to be talking now about the Emmy Awards that happened this past Sunday. And I'm excited because we're getting to welcome new entertainment reporter um, Chelsea to the show. Chelsea, I cannot believe I haven't asked your last name. Chelsea, what is your last name? <laughs> My last name is Bynes. Chelsea, Chelsea Bynes. Chelsea Bynes. I think I knew that. Chelsea Bynes, welcome Chelsea to the show. Uh, we uh, were we just met Chelsea for the first time today. We, we talked to you a little bit virtually on Monday, but Chelsea, you just fit right in. Uh, honestly, I'm very excited to have you. I'm excited to be got working with you guys as well. Oh, yeah. We yeah. like to have a, we like to, you know, take it easy on this show a little bit. We like to just chill, have some good conversations. Yeah. And that hopefully that's what we're going to do right now because Chelsea is a TV aficionado. She um, was talking about the Emmys. Um, so, Chelsea, tell us who were some of the big winners from this past weekend's Emmys. Um, the shows Succession, Watchmen, and Schitt's Creek were the biggest winners. Um, Zendaya won and made history as being the youngest to win a Best Lead Actor um, award in drama in The Second Black Woman. Yeah, and uh, talk about some of the big snubs, because you said there was some a little bit of drama there on Sunday at the Emmys. Yeah, some um, drama was that... People were upset that Kobe Bryant wasn't included in the In Memoriam. Also, Kelly Preston and Nick Cordeo, who died of the virus, and Kelly Preston died of breast cancer. Yeah, and they were they were not in the uh, In Memoriam there. Um, it was yeah. just, it was a really interesting uh, time for the Emmys because a lot of people obviously right now are at home um, and uh, you know watching 
a lot of TV. Um, and like as you said, Schitt's Creek, a big winner in the uh, comedy category, as well as Succession and uh, the show's Euphoria, which Zendaya won the award for in the drama categories as well. Um, it was very interesting how they did it socially distanced as well. Yeah, there, it was one of the biggest telecasts to ever happen. And also they had some people that were actually live there in the audience, but it was limited, of course. Yeah, I just always think it would be really interesting, like if you were an actor right now and you were trying to, like, you know, this is the big moment, this is your Emmy, you know, moment, and you win this award for this, you know, show and project you've been working on and you're accepting the Emmy from your bedroom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, some of the biggest losers were like The Masked Singer and Stranger Things, How to Get Away with Murder, some big TV shows. That was a, another big like hiccup that viewers were concerned about as well. Yeah, some major snubs there. Um, and so, Chelsea, uh, just really quick, tell us about uh, some of the people that were on. Uh, I know, who was the host this year? I believe it was Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, he was. And uh, what are people saying about how he did and just overall how the show went with social distancing and coronavirus restrictions in place? Um, people were really pleased about the show. Um, a pre, The two pre-hosts, they tested positive 24 hours before the show happened. Oh, my gosh. So there wasn't really um, – usually the pre-show is with Ryan Seacrest mm -hmm. and um, Ricarda – Anita is her, I believe her name. Mm -hmm. They're usually the two pre-host shows, and she had to back out. Um, both of the pre-show hosts had to back out. They're in different states, but they both tested positive. But everybody was pr pleased with um, Jimmy Kimmel. He pulled a little fire stunt, and everybody thought the place was going to, like, burn down. <laughs> but they got it out pretty quick. Well, that's good, and I'm glad they were able to keep an entertaining show uh, during the whole, uh, even with COVID-19 restrictions happening. Um, but, yeah, so, and, and, and Trey and I have always been talking about it because we talked about this with the VMAs, too, um, recently, um, just with you know social distancing and coronavirus restrictions in place, how they still are able to pull off these large-scale award shows while adhering to those restrictions in place. Yeah. Yes, I definitely you know I I wasn't able to watch the Emmys, mm -hmm. and I don't think I really would have watched the Emmys because I'm not too big of a TV fan. Mm -hmm. um, but I I did see some of the highlights and you're right that it's showing a lot of creativity yeah uh, by a lot of different people a lot of different networks are, are I, I I bet that they're all influencing each other you know everybody's seeing what everybody else is doing mm -hmm. um, and it's only gonna get you know even better you know from here yeah uh, but being somebody that doesn't really watch that much TV out of all like you know the shows that you just mentioned like Watchmen Euphoria uh, Shit's Creek. Which one would you guys like recommend me getting into? Uh, you, like, try to try to sell me on, on one of these because I know you guys were talking about like you guys had watched a couple of different ones. Like, which one do y'all think I should get into? Euphoria. Euphoria. Yeah, Euphoria. <laughs> Euphoria is pretty good. Um, it's really interesting because. It's set with high school students, but they discuss a lot of, like, adult topics. So it's a weird juxtaposition on the show. Very entertaining and a really big departure for Zendaya. Obviously, she got her start on Disney. So definitely a really big departure um, for her career. And then Succession, the big winners in the drama series. Um, it's about a family who runs a uh, uh, big media company. And it's about who's going to take over for their father who is getting older and is set to retire. And it's about siblings kind of competing to take over the reign of the company. Uh, so it, it's a lot of intrigue. It's just a lot of like a lot of wealth involved, and so th that with that comes problems as well. So definitely, Euphoria and Succession were two very big ones that I um, would recommend. And then also Watchmen um, with Regina King touches on a lot of topics that are very. Um, uh, 
of discussion today, um, including police relations with the community. Um, it's a sci-fi show that touches on a lot of um, social topics prevalent today. So those are the three that I would say definitely watch. Well, I might, you know, if I ever get uh, a let up from all this homework and all these tests <laughs> that I have, I might get a chance to watch some of those. But Chelsea, thank you so much. First time on air was was that your first time on air? Yes, it was. That was incredible. She did great. Thank yes, you. so thank you so much for joining us. You definitely will be hearing more of Chelsea um, as the semester goes on. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Hot Topics. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday at 6 p.m. for the week's biggest stories in arts, music, and entertainment news in Columbia and beyond. Hot Topics is a production by WUSC News and Garnet Media Group and is produced by Troy Dassing and Ward Jollis. Be sure to tune in to Politically Inclined from WUSC News every Monday at 6 and Localize every Friday at 6 p.m. I'm Flynn Snyder. I'm Trey Martin. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and remember to keep it hot.